All right, folks, before we get into the main thing today, I want to let you know that this particular episode of the Oil & Gas Tech Podcast is made possible by our friends at Hexagon, especially the Asset Lifecycle Intelligence Division at Hexagon, where they are doing amazing things to modernize that part of the business that we usually call enterprise asset management. Now, the best way to learn more about this is you go to hexagonppm.com, hexagonppm.com. Click on the link or tap if you happen to be on your mobile device that says solutions and you'll see uh, you, you'll immediately see everything that they're about empowered engineer connected worker digital fabricator confident startup enterprise project i mean the list it's a whole digital twins it's all in there operational twins have a look at what hexagon is doing in enterprise asset management hexagonppm.com an industry under pressure innovation in its finest hour This is the Oil & Gas Technology Podcast, where sharp minds reveal the brilliance and sheer determination turning great ideas into new realities. Hear about how it happens in real life with your host, Michael O'Sullivan. The views of the host are expressly his own and should not be construed as the views of any other corporation, consortium, governing body, or interplanetary federation. Welcome to the Oil & Gas Tech Show, um, which, by the way, this is it. We're going now. So, Mike Hall, right? Hogan. Hogan. <laughs> Close. Mike Hogan. Yes. And, well, so you. So obviously, we just met. Yes. Um, that's why I don't really know anything about you. And Jeremy Fontenot, I remember that. And uh, you guys are, you guys have been working together um, on some cool stuff in the world of fracking that I just only have just heard a little bit about. But um, thanks for making time and coming over here. Uh, is, it, is it a? Did I mean? Is it a long drive for either one of you? It doesn't matter to me. It's just it's just interesting for the conversation. <laughs> Thirteen minutes. Thirteen yeah. minutes is yeah, not five, bad. exactly. Yeah, five minutes from my office. Five we're minutes. In, we're in it's city a, center right here. It's so a yeah. perfect. perfect. Loca- it's a perfect location. Yeah. But it does look a little like an abandoned building when you drive, it does. drive up on it the does. other side. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. It's very close if you want to have me back. But I assume that after all of this, you won't. We'll, <laughs> we'll see. see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> we'll take a vote. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, so before we get to the to the good stuff, um, and uh, I don't always make notes. In fact, I almost never make notes, to be honest with you. But you guys looked a little nervous, so I thought I should write a couple things down. So uh, he's your customer, so we're going to start with him. Jeremy, Laredo Energy, right? Yes. Uh, not, not to be confused with Laredo Petroleum. Correct. We are a private, private equity-backed portfolio company operating in Webb County, dry gas portion of the Eagleford. Eagleford. Yeah. It's good to hear that there's still people out in the Eagleford. Cause you know, the Permian has been such like the darling for the last few years that, uh, it's good to hear, it's good to hear activity in, in Eagleford. Cause it's like, it, there's a lot of prestige with Eagleford. I think you'll hear more about the dry gas window, and you've started to with the EOG. EOG's uh, portion of the dry gas Eagleford yeah, is yeah. the Dorado play, so they're they're talking about that quite a bit recently. Uh, if you look at all the press releases from EOG, there's a little acreage position in the middle of their Dorado play, which is Laredo Energy's position. So yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty excited about that. Yeah, cool. So, um, what what do you do there? Exactly? I'm a vice president of completions and production for yeah. Laredo Energy. So. Focus a lot on com- completions with fracturing, um, you know, on the production side, maintaining that production, work closely with Howard Energy, our midstream uh, partner, work on the gathering side as well, just trying yeah, to yeah. get gas to market. 
Sorry, petroleum engineer. I was a mechanical engineer by degree mechanical from engineer. University of Texas. How, how'd you get into this this evil oil business or gas <laughs> business, as the case may be? Yeah, I look back. I think one of the most important classes I took in college was Geology 101. Yeah. At this point in time, so uh, yeah, yeah, mechanical's pretty broad. I you know appreciated that aspect of mechanical by picking as a degree, um, you know. Anything from HVAC design to manufacturing parts in an, in an industrial setting. So yeah. I, I appreciated that and the ability to you know do a lot of different things from a degree perspective. Uh, my dad was a Halliburton guy for 26 years, oh, yeah. Yeah. so I lived in you know about four years in a lot of different cities across uh, the U.S. and right. a couple of years in London, England. So cool, cool. All right. So and how long with the how long have you been with Laredo? Five years now. So I started in 2017, and it has been a tough five years in the drag gas window. Yeah, you window. picked a great time. To, that was a perfect time. To, well, 17 and 18, uh, yeah, it was, no, it still no. wasn't good. No, it, it hasn't rough. been good until now. Yeah, until <laughs> yeah. now. Until now. <laughs> got so, an upswing. So, yeah. let's, um, um, so I want to come back to that, uh, but we got to give Mike a chance to talk. So it looks ready. Uh, what I so what I know about you so far is you're, you're uh, what did you say? I'm a, I think you I think your exact words were tech weenie. I'm a tech weenie. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that yes. was yeah, that was what you said. So how and, and you and you got a um you have a number of things going on here. Here you're kind of he's a customer of your deep data business, but you got other things going on. How how did you uh, how'd you get to where you are? You know, like briefly um, by mistake. Um, so I. Uh, I have started 12 companies, um, eight I'm currently running. Uh, of the four, three were acquired. The last one was acquired by uh, Microsoft. And then I was also part of a team that took a company um, uh, IPO. All of those have been software. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then that company, we hit a market cap of $2.25 billion, right into the maw of the uh, dot-com and, oh, uh, nice. And, yeah. and got, well, no, it wasn't nice. Yeah. No, not at all. Maybe for you. Nice. Not no. for me. No, it wasn't. So you mentioned dry gas. And so for those, the audience for the show is pretty diverse. I mean, diverse, diverse in a lot of ways, but diverse in terms of they come from different parts of the industry. So just like really quickly, dry gas, what do we mean by dry gas? It's just pure methane, basically. Yeah. 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 And, and that's all that's coming out of the well. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so our, our wells in the, in the deep portion of the Eagleford, similar to what the Haynesville would be, um, there's a percentage of CO2 that you get mm -hmm. a lot of times. So our, our percentage can be, you know, 4% CO2 with that production. Um, but then CO2 and methane is all you get out of it. So there's no, no liquids or no long chain hydrocarbons that come along with the production. Yeah. Okay. So what I'm, what I'm getting to, and I know that, I know that you guys are working together on some cool tech stuff and this is the tech show. However, to kind of set the stage, what, um, so as you're, as, and how long you guys been working together on this? A few years now. A few, yeah. A few years. It's taken that long. I mean, two, three <laughs> you, years. Couldn't, you couldn't get it done fast. Well, <laughs> we knew each other before, like socially. Uh, okay. and yeah. So, so when, yeah. when it kind of evolved from, um, drinking right. buddies to. Yeah. Uh, so you had to date first. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. I got it. I got you. Um, not a good kisser. Uh, <laughs> I don't we're, doubt we're it. devolving now <laughs> significantly. Yeah. Um, so, so this most recent thing that you're working on together, what's driving it? As you're as you're looking at your fracking and completions operations now, or let's say just in the last couple of years, you know, typically people look and they go, "We really need to be able to do 
something. So what was the, what's the driver that said we need to improve what we're doing and we need some innovation like in this area? Yeah, for me, I, I looked at it, you know, people always look at fracturing and they want to understand the modeling and what's happening and how do you, how do you, how do you make adjustments to a design and say, okay, I want to go look at all the designs, look at the results of those designs and how do I do something better? Everybody's always focused on better. But for me, that's got to, that starts with data collection. If you don't have the data, then you clearly can't make a decision right. about what's better. So for us collecting the one-second data and putting it in, in a single place to be able to be able to go access it historically and look back at those jobs, that, that's kind of the launching point for that. And the big focus from, from most people these days, which, which is another piece of, of Mike's software suite, is related to how you align perforations, how you space stages and tile those things together with the geomechanics of the rock from some either actual log or pseudo log for that, for that lateral or cuttings or whatever, whatever the case may be. But again, it all starts with you got to have the information. So you're looking at it going, okay, there's a whole bunch of improvements, optimizations, better better decisions we can make here if we just had had better data. Um, and what kind of data are we talking about here? I mean, we got data all over this industry, right? So what 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 kind of data are we? So so our company deals with um, three different phases of the completion process. So the first is the design. So we have a drag and drop tool um, that basically in the cloud you can adjust your, it basically you load up all your data. So that data can be um, uh, LAS files, it can be drill bit geomechanics, it can be cutting data from labs, whatever you've got. And then you can um, lay out your, you know, where do we start the heel and toe and uh, all of your mm -hmm. um physical design, and then your pump schedules. And then from there, we output all of the, um, the all of the um, reports and stuff that you need, all the operational docs. So perf plan, pump schedule, completion procedure, everything. He so said he's not an industry guy, but he sounds kind of like one. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Well, that's because I hang out with people that are smarter than me. <laughs> sounds, um, you, like you're holding your own pretty well. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, so anyway, so that's that we do that on the design side, and then you can and we you can make multiple versions of that of the uh -huh. design for the well, and then uh, you can do all kinds of things. Like you can um, you can run that through simulator, for example. So you might have three different designs run through simulation, see which one's better, evolve, tune, go from there. So that's the design side, and then um, then we collect the data on site at the well site, that's the one second. So we collect this just stream of data and then we do all kinds of visualizations, we do um, collaboration. So one of the big innovations of the the cloud vis-a-vis -vis standalone is you collaborate more easily. Sure. So so you can do things like, you know, pin this um, curve on this graph, talk about it, you know, hey, at Jeremy, what are you, what do you think of what happened here, you know, whatever. Um, so you can collaborate. We do all kinds of economics against that. Um, we do reporting. We do um, KPIs. We do all kinds of uh, manipulation of that data. But but really, it's it's getting that data from kind of start to finish in one place and then you can start running machine learning against it you can we can partner with like i said this the simulation right. um, various design approaches because we're we're tech guys we're we're agnostic on how the design is done um so i often use i just 
told Jeremy, I often use the analogy of the UFC. In the very, very beginning of the UFC, um, they brought together the different um, the different types of, of fighters. So there was a boxer, a sumo, a yeah, karate yeah, guy. Yeah. It was like, you know, fight it out and see which one's the best. Right. Well, then... What happened was we we kind of evolved to the point where it's a hybrid. So there's the striking and there's the yeah. uh, the jujitsu. You're, you're blending and, all the different yeah. techniques. So yeah. so we're we're very agnostic. We just want to create that that um, that ring where all of the different approaches can fight it out. And I expect we'll probably end up with some hybrid is the ultimate winner. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And then we collect the data across all of your wells and pads and fields and all of that and do reporting and do graphing and visualization and everything. So yeah, there's a whole lot to That's it. That's a lot of stuff. Does it work? <laughs> yes, <laughs> of course it does. Um, yeah. Yeah, it works. Yeah, and, and I think- Well, well how let's ask the customer, does it work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, I mean, the software works. You get, you get all the information there. We're, we're a smaller shop, so for us, a lot of it is just, simplicity of being able to capture all the stuff. I don't have a lot of, I don't have a big support team to do all that work behind it. So, right. So it's been, it's been very beneficial. But just beneficial. because you're a smaller shop doesn't, your data is still as complex as everybody else's, right? Yes, but a lot of like bigger shops have the ability to have a support team to help manipulate To help that do data. it. Oh, right. I see yeah. what you're saying. Big right, IT right. groups and stuff right. that, that all have an opinion on how they want to collect that data and where they want to store it, et cetera. Yeah. We don't, we don't have, have that at, at, in my company. So, yeah. so it's beneficial. Um, and then, it, you know, so the collaboration stuff, I think at, at larger shops would be far more beneficial as whereas. If the, they actually used it. Assuming, yeah. Assuming they used it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Because when you mentioned the collaboration tools, I thought, yeah, we've been putting the collaboration tools out there in front of people for a while, and they don't, not everywhere. I mean, have you encountered that where not everybody embraces the new collaboration yeah, uh, techniques? Yeah. And, and uh, I think you have to have more people to collaborate with. So in a smaller shop, if you're just collaborating with yourself, it's not hugely that exciting. Guy right there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but... Uh, um, but yeah, it, as as we move to larger and larger companies, I I'm hopeful that the collaboration will be a bigger bigger part of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's and we made it really simple because we're again we're we're like on the tech side, and so we can um, we can make things super super simple. Um, where it's <laughs> that's it's, not always been the case, by the way. <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, no, I mean it's very much like Slack. You know, you okay, can have that you. simple right. conversation, yeah. but you can also pin things like, hey, look at this, look at that. You can share the visuals, right? Yeah. And yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the beauty of the cloud is that everybody's looking at the same thing at the same time and you can collaborate. Um, I would imagine that if you start, like if you had, Jeremy, if you had, if you were working in, in Eagleford, right, and somewhere else and somewhere else, um, you know, another problem is the, the really seasoned experts can't always be available. They can't be in all the same places at the same time, right? And then so you, you get to, um, but but that's irrelevant to you, so it doesn't matter. Well, I've, I've worked at other places too, right? So yeah. I started my career at Halliburton, so there's people all over the place. Yeah, and, yeah. And exactly. we always had a view, uh, you know, things should, you know, Halliburton, you order you order a crew, you order something, it should be like McDonald's. You, you should know exactly what you get. But the reality is mm, the yeah. people making that burger aren't always the same people. And yeah. so things can be different from basin to basin. And that that's that point there. It's like right. from a collaboration standpoint, yes, you can have someone who's an expert and the ability for that person to lever themselves. To other, the, right, yeah, that's the point. Is, yeah. is, is, is supported through that collaboration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what kind of, so what, 
so with this amazing tool that does all these things, I mean, really, actually, so everything, like you hit everything. I mean, you talked about all the different data sources and you talked about the economics and the, all the, like the whole thing. What, what are you, uh, what are, what are some of the, you know, immediate areas where you're having it? What are you, what are you able to do now that let's say you weren't able to do before you guys started drinking together? <laughs> yeah. The biggest thing for me is the for the, the economic side and the forecasting. Yeah. So that's what I like about it is, okay, you know, here's our efficiency. Here's how much work we have left to do. Most of the reporting softwares that are out in the industry are just like, here's how much money you spent till this date. I have no idea when you're going to finish. Yeah. Uh, but when you do, you can tell me how much money you spent. Is that right? Really? So, it, it, so most of it is still that way. It's like a look back. Yeah. If, I mean, if you think Peloton and Wellview, I think it's just, here's what you did today and here's how much money you spent. There's no There's forecasting. No, I don't think so on, on the day to day. So or like aligning, like if you created it, if you create a design and you've got some sort of plan, you want to be able to track your progress against that plan and know, like, and recalculate, right? Like, you have to correct be able to, yeah. Uh, and and they have it from a from a reservoir perspective, like forecasting from well pr- production, but not at an operation level. Like, if you think about it from a drilling perspective, I don't think there's anything that says, okay, you're fo- you're making this much footage per day, so you should expect it to do this well, which you've defined in two days or whatever it is. I don't. I'm not aware of any any software that's that's doing that today. Huh. Um, I mean, that could be huge for the to be able to do that. Because Commun- everybody could do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> communicating with your financial group <laughs> that, tends yeah. to, that tends to be important. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, um, so you can, so forecast it. So you could, so you have a plan and now you're actually drilling, you're actually drilling and completing the well and you're able to know not just what you've done so far, but, um, but what the projection of the, outcome, the projection, like, but how does it know? Like, how does it know what the, I mean, the projection is just the original baseline, or are you looking at data as it's coming in and saying, mm, we need to change the forecast because we know now more than we knew when we first started collecting data? So, so what we do on the economic model is we basically take prices. So we know um, like daily rates and you know, we, all of that information can be put in. And then as you start doing it, um, we figure out how long it's taking you, how much you're using, and calculate, okay, this is how much you paid per stage, this is uh, how much you paid per day, you know, across your pad. Um, and then we can kind of build that going forward because we know how many stages you're going to do and all of that and, yeah. and kind of figure it out for you. Right, right. What, um, and then there's the actuals and the projected. Right, yeah. So the projection... Can, um, I guess I'm I'm thinking about uh, I know back in the earlier days of when before we before we really started talking about digital transformation and it was just analytics right people were talking about analytics um, and uh, I was working with a client um, at a a large independent that maybe also is been in the Eagleford for some time and. Um, and, and, and they were saying, well, what we want to do is once we start drilling, we want to be collecting what, what he called at the time ground truth, right? So like up until we start drilling, everything is, uh, you know, an estimation, a model, a what we think it's going to be like. And he said, but once we start drilling, then we have ground truth. 
And once we start getting ground truth, we want to be able to get, take that data, do some sort of analytics on it, figure out what we've, how the how the ground truth differs from what we thought we were going to encounter, or how we thought it was going to go, or whatever it is, and then a and then feed that back into our process to adjust the remainder of the drilling based on what we now know about what we gathered. So mm-hmm. are, is that, is that the kind of thing that we're, yeah. 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 And then once you have that data, or they used to call it closing the loop. That was the, that was the terminology. Yeah. For that. yeah. And then once you have that clean data, there's so many things you can do with it. You can start to run analytics on it. Like, Oh, while doing this, we recognized a frack hit. Here's how we respond. Or, um, or you can run, um, machine learning on it and say, well, okay, so we, we saw this kind of rock, we designed this way, treated this way, got these results in the one second, got these results in production, let's run that through machine learning so that when we see that rock in this basin again, we treat it, you know, design and treat this way. Right, right. So, so but it all starts with the with the data. Yeah. Um, in, in the tech world, we say that it's garbage in, garbage out. So, yeah. you, yeah. you have to have clean data. That's pretty much it. Um, so, so going back to my, I remember this example, um, and that was back in 2015. So seven years ago. Is that seven? That's seven years ago. Um, so that was the concept, but the problem was, well, there was two problems. The first problem was um, getting all the data together and into the right format and getting it clean and and aligned and correlated. That took, there was like, there was like five people in a room that spent three weeks doing that just for like one, one asset, right. Or one, what a project or whatever it was at the time. Um, so, so they did that. So that, that took a while. Um, and so, and then the second problem was what they, and they did a bunch of analytics and they said, okay, here's the results. And it was, I don't know. It was like, you know, it was like a report basically. Right. And they showed it to, uh, a couple of asset managers, one in the Eagleford, and he said, "Okay, great. I want that on. I want that. I want that here, and I want it here, and I want it here." And, I, and they were like, "Ah, uh, it took us three weeks just to get the data together, and uh, and nobody's going to read this report. Like the distribution of that to the people, like Jeremy, that need to be able to see it and make decisions on it, and things like that. Like like that was all." that was all insurmountable at the time. So here we are, we're going to fast forward seven years, 2022. And we've, and you, we've solved all that. It sounds like, right. So how did, how did, what were the, what, what besides cloud, what happened between then and now that we're able to, to do what seemed impossible then uh, just seven years ago, technical innovation. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that streaming data databases, uh, mm-hmm. is one of them. Yeah. Um, Cloud has made it easier. Um, in, in the tech world, you you build on the the shoulders of giants, as they say. So sure, yeah. so um, better framework, better data visualization, better collaboration, underlying collaboration tools, better. So all of this kind of core tech builds up, and then we put our we kind of bring it all together and and you know kind of put yeah. our uh, spin on it. Um, so I, magic is what you're saying. Basically. Yeah, it's magic. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. mostly magic <laughs> and a little sleight of hand. What about what about the data getting? Because I remember that was really daunting. Was bringing like when you when you were explaining what you're doing, you rattled off a dozen different types of data and data sources, 
And now, it, like you very matter-of-factly say, we bring all that together. But it wasn't that long ago that it was it was really impossible. I mean, and I don't know if you, Jeremy, if you were, tried to do any of that, you know, back in 2017, it was not so easy. Yeah, there's no repository for it. So when we tried to do the the rough versions of this early on, with like, okay, what date? You know, get a get an MWD log from somewhere. Okay, fine. So you can right, L- right. get an LAS file, right? Okay, well, what are you going to do with that LAS file? What am I gonna? What software I'm gonna put it in? So we would rely on Spotfire most of the time because oh, Spotfire, yeah. Spotfire is data agnostic. It doesn't care. Just take the data and present it in whatever fashion you that you want to. But what it doesn't do is allow you to interact directly with it, right? So yeah, we would have to create spreadsheet on spreadsheet to then okay now update the spreadsheet now dump the data again so you can look at it, and so you your feedback loop is external. Yeah. to Spotfire. Yeah. So you're you're doing all all the work in some other fashion and the software is just presenting you the information of what you did. Right. And so, you right. know, with right. that concept, you know, when and Mike and I having that discussion, it's like, no, that's all fine. You can you can just dump in whatever you want and we can we can review it in that fashion. And so then being able to interact in that space with, Hey, there's the data. Let's change this and see how, see what we can do and then see the response. Yeah. So what kind of interactions, just like, for example, are, can, you know, are we talking about now that you're able to do? I mean, the biggest thing, so they've got it set up to where you can just, Hey, I just want geometric perforations across this lateral start here and here, roughly this spacing. Yeah. That's that simple. So then you get that starting block, and if now you say, hey, uh, I'm seeing changes in the rock along this lateral, and because of my previous experience or be working in the software, we, we aren't able to place the job design like we want, like we would normally want to. When the rock changes like this, we need a different design, and here's, here's the backup design that we go to when we see those types of things. Uh, um, is, yeah. is, is kind of the, the, was the vision um, of the software. It's not something... Yeah. We're pretty fortunate in, in our area where it's don't see a lot of changes in the geology, but I know certainly certain areas in the in the Permian where you can change from sandstone to limestone in, yeah. in your in yeah. your well and on the same day. Yeah, the yeah. Res, the response yeah. Yeah. and and your ability to to to, uh, to achieve your goal is it's going to be different. It's going to yeah. require something different to make yeah, that yeah. happen. Gotcha. Yeah, and I think I think part of the part of the challenge technically is that the operations guy, the completions engineer. Um, had you know they went from uh, a fairly simple vertical to now they've got you know two mile lateral and we've got so many stages and so many perfs and so and there's just no good way of taking into account the geology and so i would talk to geologists and they thought they were dinosaurs because nobody looks at geology anymore they just not in those geometric yeah yeah frack the crap out of it kind of yeah, thing just what's the other guy doing all right drill yeah here. <laughs> that seems to work yeah. let's do that their yeah. results are better than ours let's do what they're doing yeah, yeah. standard yeah. oil field approach yeah yeah, yeah. and <laughs> uh, so and so we we enable the geologists to bring their geology and the scientists to bring their science and the operations guy and then we make it easy for for operations to do that so for example you know you talk to an operations guy and he says well how am i going to do an engineer completion over a two-mile lateral and so what we can do is we make it so easy to do that using templates and drag and drop and things that i was just literally showing some people earlier today and i did it in about three minutes 
and and that was you know tuning a few things and we have some auto tune as well that'll um make it sound know, better run a little yeah exactly <laughs> uh run a little machine learning to uh place those according to your oh right sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah auto tune in that way yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um they do that with seismic as well right so that they're, they're, they're doing that same kind of a technique with with like mapping and seismic and finding that you know when you're finding the faults and things like yeah. that, the, you can use AI to figure that stuff out. Yep, yeah, help yeah. you pick those points. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Um, so yeah, and and you can load all of that in. So we'll you know load your natural faults, things like that. Um, my wife says I have a lot of faults, but um, and then and then you can just design the whole thing out and. It's like super easy. Yeah. So you can design super engineered easy. completion as I'm fast. I'm looking for a nod from the as, super as fast <laughs> as fast as you can do a, a geometric in Excel. Yeah, um, I, that's so. That's also very that resonates with the whole, um, you know, the broad objectives in the industry with this type of technology is what can we take that is that traditionally has required a person to sit there and kind of labor over some sort of a incremental mm -hmm. process and what, how can we make that go faster through those types of techniques? Yeah. And you talk about it again, like, so I think what the industry has learned over the past, you know, couple of years at least is okay. We're, we're trying to do more with fewer people. And the only way you're going to yeah. do that is because nobody, because, because the college kids don't want to work here anymore. Yeah. Cause we're, yeah, yeah. we're a terrible industry. So yeah. We're, yeah. we've got the people we've got now and that's going to be it. Yeah. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> Although we're his people. So yeah. we have more and more people. Yeah. But, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, yeah, you got to bring them in some way. So, um, there was something else that I was going to mention, but I don't know. Now you got me, when you said my wife says I have a lot of faults, it kind of threw me, got me thinking about my own and, you know, <laughs> um, so what, uh, all right, well, I'm looking at the clock too, you know, because also because the guys aren't here, I didn't set the, the, the countdown Start. timer or the timer. Um, and so I, I don't know how long I, I think we're getting to the point where we probably ought to wrap up. What, um, Oh, I know what I wanted to ask you. So, what's one really cool uh, capability that uh, you that you've designed that he's not using? Um, geez, I don't know. <laughs> I, th I think I think uh, some of the cool stuff. So, uh, on the design side, so he's very focused on the one second data, yeah, yeah. and we've got a lot of a lot of stuff in there as well. Um, and I would have to think about something in there that he's not. Maybe the collaboration collaboration is. is that's coming yeah, we, back. We, at, we, yeah, we, we, we got to get him on that. Yeah, he needs someone to collaborate yeah. with. I walk next door and collaborate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's the only person I'm collaborating with. What happened here? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, also we've got some really cool uh, machine learning, as I said, to kind of um, right. auto, auto right. tune, tune yeah, yeah. the, uh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, cool. the design, right. which is kind of cool. So if... Um, uh, so if people, well, and, and we'll put in the, in the show notes for the podcast, we'll put, uh, both of your, uh, names and lights No, in, uh, your LinkedIn, we'll put a little link to your LinkedIn and we'll put a link to, uh, to deep data. And, um, you know, uh, I, I, we can link to Laredo too, although I, you know, um, you know, maybe somebody wants to learn about what you guys are doing. Um, uh gosh see now i i got i got completely off I got, you got enough i was building up to something there and uh and i forgot what it was oh yeah, yeah, yeah so you both said um 
So you, but when we sat down before we turned on the cameras, I was like, do you guys, I always ask people this, do you listen to podcasts? Because a lot of times people come, you know, if you, if you don't, if you're being a guest on a podcast, but you don't, you're not a podcast listener, then you don't really know like what to expect. So you guys both said you both, you both listen. Yeah. This was your first time to do it. Correct. And I told you just like, think about the ones that you heard that were good and just do what they did. So, so now that we're at the end, like, like, how does it feel? <laughs> hopefully, was we get, it? hopefully we got close. Yeah, I think I, I, think I grade good. myself. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one will come. I think this one's going to come out uh, next Tuesday. So all of our new episodes drop on um, on Tuesday mornings, except for sometimes mine on Wednesdays because sometimes I'm late. And uh, so you'll know, you'll know then, you'll know how you did. But I think I think you were fine. So uh, it, it's cool stuff. It's it's really uh, it's neat to hear that. I, and, and this has been happening more and more over the last few months where people are coming on the show and they're talking about things that they're doing um, or that somebody's doing that is like, it's like what we imagined even just like five, six, seven years ago, like it's actually happening. So that's really, it's, it's good. So what's the, like, what's the future? I, I don't, don't give away any, like any, uh, you know, secret parts of your roadmap, but like now that you have this, what do you, what do you think comes next? Um, so we have a lot of plans. One is to um, have boxes basically pull the, the streaming data from on-site and, and push that up on the fly and pseudo real-time. Um, uh, let's see. We, we also want this to be very much a platform so that other people can build cool analytics. So, again, we're, we're technologists, and we, we just hang out with really smart scientists and, and operations guys and, yeah, and engineers. Yeah. Um, so we want to basically pull their best ideas and build that on top of the platform so that yeah. you know, now that you've got all that data, you can do all kinds of cool things and you can do it in real time. Like, oh, hey, we see this happening. How do we respond? Um, those sorts of things. Right. So you'll see more of that. You got any connectivity problems to solve there in order to get that? Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Everything's intermittent and yeah. you'd have to have backups and you have to cache it and yeah, all kinds of uh, challenges to solve. Yeah. But, um, but 5G is going to save the world. Well, natural gas is going to save the world. Well, kill us all. I, I don't know. I keep hearing that one too. Yeah, I'm a little worried about uh, you know, I, I you know the five G or the five G one's killing us. So so you know, T-Mobile is now advertising. We're going to wrap up on this, but but uh, T, T, you've seen these like commercials, T-Mobile, right? Like for the to put the five G antenna like in your house, right? And you can have five G network in your house. And I was like, wow, that so. Because it has a short range, right? Mm -hmm. So how are we going to get it everywhere? Well, we'll just get everybody to put it in their house, and then we'll just have 5G antennas like all over the place, which that's a little scary. But yeah, you guys made T-Mobile's not a sponsor, so I can say that. Yeah, you guys may know more about this. I heard it's a line of sight problem. Like literally, if you're yeah. if you're standing in between and you you know your phone's on one side of your body or the other, it's like that fragile. Huh? You don't you don't get I the don't signal. Know. So, but actually, I got a good wrap up story. Okay, go ahead. All right, okay. so so I. I moved to Texas uh, three or four years ago. Um, I was in Silicon Valley for the longest time. Yeah. And uh, so I've always been a big fan of, of oil and gas, you know, sure. save the world. Like everyone in California. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's why I had to move. But um, before, when I started Deep Data, uh, I was talking with the attorney who took um, 
uh, my other company public and she asked what I was doing. And I told her, you know, we're doing this in oil and gas. And she just went on a rant that oil is the devil mm. and, you know, it's yeah. ruining the climate yeah. and on and on and I on. I heard that too, yeah. She gives me this rant and then she says, so do you need an attorney? I would be happy to be. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, so she's your she's attorney a, now then, right? No, no, <laughs> she's not. No, no. And, yeah. And, uh, I it's, got out of California quickly. Yeah, I can I can understand. Um it's it's unfortunate that and we've done episodes on this and and on other shows where we've tried where we've said uh in fact I had just a couple of weeks ago I had Ryan sitting on he was he was sitting right there. Um he's the, you know Ryan was the um, well, you may not know uh, if if you lived here for a while. Yeah, so yeah. he would, he used to be the Texas Railroad Commissioner. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. But he also started Pinnacle Technology or Pinnacle. They do reliability stuff. Anyway, um, and we were talking about that. Like the the everybody people have this these ideas in their head because they've just been told it and they just take it at face value, and and like what do we do to try to like like set the record straight or educate people. And Ryan did exactly what you were doing. He was shaking his head. He's like, yeah, forget it. People don't want to be educated. It's not going to work. But, uh, um, yeah, it's, a, it, it's unfortunate. I mean, the reality is like, you know, all the, everybody is perfectly happy to use more energy on a personal basis. Sure. Right. Like they'll buy a new phone every year yeah, 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 and yeah. they'll do all these things and they'll consume the, all as much energy as they want to without, you know, without a bin, as long as they can afford it. And then the idea of, well, we have to stop that. It's, it's on the corporations. All these corporations have to stop doing these things. It, the consumer should drive that. Sure. Like if you want to stop doing it, you personally you stop start, using energy. But there's also this crazy, like what she said is, oh, well, oil is evil and it's ruining the world. People repeat that mantra. But if you ever ask somebody, how is it ruining the world exactly? Like they don't really know. <laughs> they just know that it is that, that, that and, CO2 that feeds plants. That's yeah. What's, that that's plants. what's doing it. And, Fertilizer. Yeah. And uh, well, and that's the big argument. So, you know, we've said, well, why can't natural gas burns clean? That seems like a pretty good. Oh, but, but it's all the emissions when you, uh, when you get it out of the ground. Well, it turns out there's actually not a lot of emissions when you pull it. It's the combustion that happens later or the, you know, for oil. So uh, now that we, now that we have labels for all this, like scope one, scope two, scope three emissions, you know, we can say, you know, which are very handy because now we can say well, those are scope one emissions and they're very tiny. So um, anyway, yeah, we could go off on a whole nother tangent about this, I but that go for hours. Could you? On that one, yeah. well, well, why didn't we start with that? <laughs> we'll have to <laughs> actually, one, one of my, uh, I do argue. He, he may not. I argue. So I like arguing. Yeah. So so one of the one of the responses I like to give they oh oil and gas is evil, and I said no oil and gas just pulls uh, hydrocarbons out of the ground, but uh, what you do with them it, that that is up to exactly. you. Yeah. So that's like saying trees are evil. You know. Well, if you cut down a tree and burn it for firewood, it's going to create a lot of pollutants. But yeah, if yeah. you build a house with it. So it really depends on what you're what doing you do with it. it. Yeah, that's and if you want to get mad at someone, get mad at cars, except you also want to drive a car. So you probably don't want to get mad at your car and the people yeah. who made it. And yeah. So you throw oil and gas under the bus. So you could drive an electric car. 
Except that you got to drive yeah. for a long time to save the emissions that were created when that battery got made. Yeah, so. and it, yeah. And I just read an article on Northern Myanmar, which is now just a cesspool because of yeah. all the all the rare earth metals that are being mined the there mine, under, yeah. with no control. But everybody's okay because it's in Myanmar. It's yeah. not here. It's not the mm-hmm. U.S. Right. So that's fine. We'll 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 gladly take all yeah. those pollutants. Yeah. But. Just you know, the after product. There, who was it in South America is shutting down some some of the lithium uh, access there. They're like, no, 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 you're not gonna. And it's like changing forecasts on battery production. I, I know Elon has said if he doesn't get in the lithium mining business, like Tesla, he won't won't they be able to survive long. They won't they, be able to survive. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. All right, guys, that that's. But we could we should come back. <laughs> do that whole topic another time but uh thanks for thanks again for coming out you, you did great it, it's cool stuff it's it's cool to hear that uh um you know that all of these like pipe dreams are really coming true and uh, some of the things that people used to roll their eyes about and say well, that's never going to work right yeah. it, actually, it actually is working so uh all right mike hogan yeah. jeremy fontenot thanks again appreciate it all right. So apparently, you, I, apparently, I am memorable now. You are memorable. I can remember your right. name. There you go. <laughs> All right. That's it. Check us out next week for another entertaining and yet useful episode of Oil & Gas Tech Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGDN.com.